again this week. Um, Corbs is away. Dano's got a few things on, as does Con. So we're just going to do a solo Oracle hour or slightly below that time frame. So I hope you don't mind just listening to me ramble about on horse racing uh, for the next 30 to 40 minutes. Um, firstly, I just want to nominate uh, for my wanker of the week is Eddie Jones. Not because I don't rate him as a coach or anything like that, but for him to come out and pretty much threaten the All Blacks and then for them to put on that deplorable deplorable display in the second half, it just says enough about Australian rugby and I'm really, really worried going into this World Cup about where we're going to sit. Now, I feel like when you look at the pools and, and where who we're going to meet in the quarterfinals and everything like that, one would suggest that we're going to make the semifinals on our ability, but once we hit those top-tier teams, I reckon we're going to flop. So Eddie Jones is my nomination. We'll see what the lads come back with. And um, I guess we'll go from there. All right, so I thought we'd start off with a bit of a weekend in review, even though it was the end of the off-season racing. We'll dig a bit into Rose Hill. We'll touch a little bit on Eagle Farm, even though there's not a great deal going on there. And then I've got two races at Flemington I want to have a chat about. Now, just a bit of pre-warning. I do have, like, this weird dry cough. So if you randomly hear me coughing throughout the the chat, don't freak out. And, and if it gets annoying, well, just turn it off. So, firstly, I think with the weekend review, I'm very glad the off-season racing is finally finished because we're going to start to see some better horses start to uh, go around. And I know there's a couple that have gone through the trials this week who are looking really, really nice coming into into these uh, spring features. Um, <coughs> just touch on our bets. Deepaw was scratched from Eagle Farm, ran in Sydney. Ran okay. I think I ran third, but I made it a bet for us in Eagle Farm, and it obviously was scratched. Uh, Farago was also scratched from Mooney Valley. Uh, Magnuspin gave it a, uh, was given an absolute peach by Craig Williams. Obviously, there's a lot of chatter about the Mooney Valley track, which I'll touch on soon, but it was a perfect ride. Great win, pretty simple. And then Tazarel was enormous in uh, the ninth race at, Flem- at Randwick. Um, best rat horse in the race, and I guess I don't think it'll ever scale the heights of its siblings, but it's certainly got ability. And I think uh, when you look at it through its form, I don't think the uh, whoever the trainers, I think it's the Snowdens, I don't think they'll ever run the horse on a wet track again because you can see that he's clearly a, a dry tracker. Oh, and I think honourable mention to All About Eve, who was horrible. I think she hates the Morfittville track, and I really, really hope. Andrew Noblet avoids going there with her in the future. I think she's better suited to a big wide turning track, more like your, your Flemingtons, your Caulfields, um, even your Sandowns. So, yeah, that was one of those things. So, the thing about the Mooney Valley tracker now, if you're on social media and you're going on about all these things, everyone whinges, oh, it's leader bias, this, it's leader bias, that. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. Uh, We've known for years that Mooney Valley, the way the track's set up with the short straight and that long final turn, it is always going to favour those who are more forward in run. It's simple as that. When you add in the rail out five, six, seven plus metres, 
is going to favor those more on pace. So when you're doing your punting in your form, don't pick a back marker. Simple as that. Just look on the speed maps, which are readily available across literally every bookie. I use personally use racingandsports.com for my speed maps. Um, sometimes I'll make changes because I'll see a horse, like a change of tactics listed in the stewards um, reports or anything like that. Then I'll, I'll obviously go to that. But look at the leaders there and back them. It's pretty simple now. I know a lot of people who did their dough on the weekend and I know a lot of people who just didn't bet until you saw the first couple of races, saw the leaders were, were the winners and just backed leaders accordingly. So <clears throat> that's my two cents on the Moody Valley track. I personally love punting there and you've just got to bet smarter, all right? Not just trying to back the best horse in the race. Um, there wasn't much really to follow from the racing on the weekend because you'll start to see a lot of those horses start to to fall away now and they'll probably be going at the spells. But I really did like the run of interpretation there at, at Mooney Valley. He was right out the back. He was actually gelded going into this preparation. So <coughs> we always see, oh, excuse me, we always hear about like it being the ultimate gear change for horses, that and blinkers on first time. Um, he was re- he was off the bit a long way from home, but I really like the way which he hit um, hit top speed through the line, and he was actually making ground quite a significant ground off the, off the summit. And was it the summit? Can't remember. I think it was the summit. But anyway, those two horses that were obviously the the one two or the Quinella in that race. So I think you can follow him. I don't think there's a bet going around or anything like that for him. But I really did like his return. All right. So moving into this Saturday's racing, we've got racing at Rose Hill. We've got the Group Two Missile Stakes, which is a twelve hundred meter race. Um, over the track that's probably the feature race on the card. And you got a couple of preludes there. So the rail's in the true position, which is good. Now the weather is going to be sunny leading up to the race day. It's, it's some cold mornings there, so there might be some morning dew, but I expect us to be racing on a good four deck. Now, like, like we always say, just watch the first two races just to see what's going on. If horses are being favoured on pace or up on speed, or if horses are running on from down the outside. So... Um, that's how I'm looking at the race. Now I've got some mail on a horse called United Nations. Now I think I spoke on the podcast about this before. So the horse has, has got some really good form lines overseas and he was purchased down here to be a Melbourne cup aspirant. Now, <coughs> first up after I think four trials he had here in Australia, um, he kind of just battled away over the 1800 meters there. Um, but what was, what is interesting is they've actually booked J-Mac for this um, race, all right. So he's dual nom for here and Eagle Farm, both with Kirkaby, which is the the Waller number. Now, what I find interesting is with this is Kirkaby's one dollar ninety up at Eagle Farm, and you're getting about the four fifty four twenty mark for United Nations. Flip the odds around down here at Rose Hill, and Kirkaby's seven dollars fifty and six fifty for United Nations. Now, one would suggest the J Mac tax is being paid here. But I also know that he's going to be in Rose Hill because that's where he's been stabled um, since, I guess, since his last run. So you can probably cancel out or, or pretty much notify that of a scratching up at Eagle Farm. Now, I thought he battled away, like I said, really soundly, but nothing great uh, first up. Now, his European form is quite elite. Now, he's got form around a, a horse who had a really big boom on him in Corobus. And now we're starting to see United Nations get up to the trip that he's probably more suited to. So he wants, <coughs> excuse me, he 
He's probably going to want around the 2,400 metres or thereabouts, maybe even extend beyond, uh, beyond that uh, with some fitness there. So he's not, he's certainly not a bet, but I do think the intention of booking J-Mac with this and keeping him in Sydney is certainly a sign of uh, what they're aiming for with him moving forward. I've got a horse in race five that I don't mind in Wave Rider Boy. Now, he's a black booker after last start. So he was out the back in, in um, this exact grade last start. He kind of navigated his way to the outside, ran into a little bit of interference and then rocketed through the line only to be done by Petulant, I think is that how you pronounce it, um, who's also in this race. Now, big thing we've got to look at, he's flying this horse. He's got J-Mac now booked. Now, you're probably not going to get a price about it. I think when I last checked, he was around the $2, $2.20 mark. So that's your big concern is that you're not really getting a price. But I think the horse, if you're looking at it and the track's playing fairly, I think he should be winning that race in race five. Now, that brings me to race eight. So this is the feature race on the card, the Group 2 Missile. So you see a lot of horses resuming in this race, and some of them will go on to the bigger, better Group 1 races in the spring, particularly here in Sydney and some in Melbourne. So I thought I'd just touch on probably the, the big names in this particular field and then give my little selection. So first of all, $3 about Big Parade. I can understand why. He's got a wonderful first up record. I think he's had six starts for three wins in the second. He's got a good association with the Rose Hill uh, track and he's actually got a really good record at the trip. So he's had seven starts at this trip and he's had, uh, sorry, 11 starts this trip for seven wins and two thirds. So one would suggest he's doing really well. Now, Josh Parr is on board for this particular um, particular race and he's actually trialled him for the four trials that he's had leading into this prep. Now, um, if you go back and watch the trial on the 24th of July, it's ultra impressive albeit not with against any stars, but he did win the trial by about 21 lengths and he did he did it in good time as well. So he's one who's certainly a good chance. Um, Argenti is interesting. So she um, was recently transferred up here in Sydney to Joe Pride. Now, we know Joe Pride has a wonderful record with all of these tried horses. Take example um, in, oh, what was the horse? Oh, what kind of baby? Um, Eduardo, sorry. Eduardo. So Eduardo was um, running around in Sydney, probably racing Liston Group 3 raid, comes up to Joe Pride and he instantly turns the horse into a Group 1 sprinter. So one would suggest she's right into this race. She's now a five-year-old mare. I didn't mind her trial back on the 24th of July and she's actually won twice from five attempts first up. So I, I wouldn't be putting a pen through her. Um, Golden Mile, we know, is a Group 1 winner. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that maybe 1200 might be a bit too short for him. But again, as you look at his record, he's, he's had two attempts at the distance for a win in a second, albeit against his own age bracket back in the day and back in grade. He has won first up before, which is a really good thing. And I haven't mined his trials, um, leading into this prep. And interesting enough, J-Mac has trialed him on both occasions. All right. Now this brings me to my selection in this race. Um, has trialled up like an absolute rocket. Um, actually beating Extremely Lucky, who I thought trialled amazingly on the 21st of July. So if you go back and look at Iron Me's form, she was racing around in Group 1 company last uh, in February this year. She competed in that Group 1 Oakley Pate, won by 
Uncommon James, which had Lofty Strike, Aspora, King of Sparta, Star Patrol, and a lot of really, really good horses. And I thought um, she was far from disgraced. And she only came within two lengths of the winner in that Oakley plate. So I think she's trialled really nicely. <coughs> Tim Clark actually knows the horse. He trialled her in that really good trial behind, ahead of Extremely Lucky. And she's got a wonderful first up record. And she's two from two at the track. So if you're putting a gun to my head, I'm, I am me over Big Parade with Golden Mile finishing nicely in Argenti the Smoky. Um, and the last race that I'm looking at is race nine. Now, this, this, in my opinion, is the best bet on the card at Rose Hill. It's Faulkner Park. All right, so if you go back and look at the horse, it's now won four on the trot. Um, after its maiden win in Dundalk over there in, in Europe. So I know Adam Eldenisham has a really, really good opinion of this horse. Now, if you go back and have a look at that race last start, it was in a BM78, so this is a step up in grey, but not a huge one. So the horse carried the 60 kilos and it absolutely bolted in. He was just pulling away towards the end there, knocking off a horse in Naval College who I have a really, really nice opinion of. So I think the horse drops from 60 kilos now to 52 and a half with the claim of Zach Lloyd. Uh, jumps from barrier 10. I think there's a decent amount of speed engaged here with military mission drawn barrier three. You've got Borna King who can roll forward along with Polly Gray, Purple Sector and Mark Schnell. So I think as long as we can park up within reach, maybe three, four pairs back, peel out on the outside, Zach Lloyd's riding in absolutely elite form at the moment. And I think the horse has got 2,400 meter uh, run under its belt, so I think it's it's a great chance. And I think I, I snapped up around the 290 mark. I know it's into about 220, so I'm sorry for that. That uh, getting to this this podcast as late as I did because obviously everyone's missed out on that early price. Now, as I said, I spoke about Eagle Farm. Uh, I've touched on it, but I don't see United Nations going there just because he's based out of Brisbane there. And uh, Kirkaby actually got scratched this morning. I just checked, actually. So uh, Otira will probably likely start favourite there for Walla. So now we go to Flemington. So Flemington's got the Ori Star, which is a Group 3 sprint down the, down the straight there in Race 7 as the feature race. Now, interesting to note, <coughs> excuse me, the rail is out 10 metres here at Randwick. I'm um, sorry, at Flemington. Now, when you go back and look at the, the data from the last 12 meetings here, um, 45% of the winners have come from either on pace or in that leading pack. 31% have come from mid pack and 23% have come from the back marker. So when you look at this, you're looking at horses preferably that are going to be on speed and in those straight races, horses that are actually drawn the inside barriers will, will likely have an advantage. However, it wouldn't surprise me. So just keep an eye on those, those straight races in, um, in race one, two, uh, one and two, sorry, leading up to this race because you'll see where the jockeys want to go. Particularly look for horses um, that Craig Williams is riding because he's probably one of the best track walkers in it. So just mark where his horses go from their barriers and see how well they run on and that'll probably dictate where we go in terms of those sprint races. Um, now, the rail is, like I said, this rail's at 10 metres now. We've got showers predicted and windy conditions on Friday. So I think they're expecting between five and 10 mils, but we know that Flemington is, <coughs> excuse me, one of the, the best draining tracks, if not the best draining track in Australia. So it wouldn't surprise me to see us running on a soft five, soft six, 
potentially early in the day and then we obviously get the upgrade come uh, come feature race time. So there's only two races I really t- want to touch on in this race. So we're going to touch on race seven and we're going to touch on race 10. And God, race 10, I'm so disappointed with with a, a particular nomination here. So the Ori Star is a traditional kickoff for a lot of the um, Melbourne sprinters now. You won't find any big group one uh, horses probably kicking off here, but you will see the group three, group two race uh, horses uh, kicking off here, which is a really good thing. So I think uh, we'll touch on a few things here. So the first thing we've got to look at is look at the lead up races. So traditionally you see a lot of horses coming out of the Bletchley Stakes, which is the group three race at Caulfield two weeks ago, which was actually won by ingratiating. Um, he ended up going on to win that race, coming down the outside with a farm, General Bow really showing some toughness um, leading up that race and then it's our time finishing over the um, finishing down the, the down the side there. So I think there's only really to be honest, there's probably only five real chances in this race in my opinion. So I'll touch on in market order. So Calls for concerns, an interesting one. So the horse is coming off some really, really good wins and a nice second to Renosu down the straight in the listed Creswick stakes. So the horse has been carrying probably like 57, 58 kilos normally and it now drops back to 54 kilos being a step up in grade. Now, like I said, Craig Williams takes the ride and the horse is drawn really well in barrier one, only if the rails is the place to be for these horses. Um, which is interesting. So I just keep an eye on that horse. Now, the horse is loves Flemington. Three starts, two wins in a second for it. And its distance record is actually pretty good. Now, I know Sean Mathrick has a really, really good opinion of the horse and thinks he can go to bigger and better things this prep now that he's turned four. So let's see how he goes in, in Group 3 company. Uh, it's our time. It's run in that Bletchingly, which I touched on earlier, one by ingratiating, was really, really good. Now, it was ridden by Ben Allen, was out the back, General Bow led up at a decent clip, but it wasn't anything breakneck speed. And the horse finished really, really strongly and arguably should have probably beaten ingratiating if had it had a better run in transit. So um, I think the horse is a great chance. It's actually got a really good record going down the Flemington Strait. It hasn't won a lot, but it's always placed. So it's had six starts for a win and two and four seconds. All right, and it's had 10 starts at the track for two wins and five seconds. So it loves to finish in the Quinella. And I think this distance, I think it's only missed the trifecta once in its career. So one would suggest that it's it's going really well, adding the fact that it's got arguably my favourite Victorian jockey on in Michael D. Now, you probably hear me say this a lot because I love Michael D. I think he's a wonderful jockey. I do have a bias towards this, but rarely and if you go and watch him rarely does he make a bad decision on a horse and he will always give your horse the best chance it might not be the best horse in the race but he'll always give your horse the best chance of winning we'll then touch on general bow who i thought was really really good in that bletchingly he's a tough on speed horse he hates winning i think his record is is about 16 percent winning strike rate but he just is always <coughs> excuse me there in the finish now he gets a jockey upgrade from Ding Yendel to Damien Lane, who has absolutely been killing it over there in Japan leading up to this. Um, so I think he's, a, he's also a really, really good chance. Gun to my head, though, I'm going with It's Our Time. Because I just think there's going to be a decent amount of pressure in this race from here to shock. Dancer Dubai, uh, much, much better. General Bow, and even Mr. Exclusive. My concern is cause for concern getting buried on that fence. And then we've got... Um, uh, it's our time, who's drawn out, comes down the outside, wins over the top. 
that's my personal opinion in the race, um, but it's not going to be a bad. Uh, which then brings me to the last race, which is um, the Jockey Celebration Day Sprint, which is an 1100 meter straight race also. Now, I would have declared Benedetta an absolute moral in this Ori star had she gone there. She would have carried the 54 kilos. Likelihood would have been probably a, a decent jockey would have been on board. So the only concern I have for this horse in this race is the jockey booking. I'm not a big fan of Tatum Bull. Now, not to discount her as an apprentice or as a jockey, I just don't think she's a strong rider and I don't think she makes great decisions. Now, again, she is a three kilo claiming apprentice, so this isn't me having a dig. I just think she's got a lot of learning to do, and I think there's some better apprentices out there, Carrie, um, that could have been chosen to, to ride uh, Benedetta, but let's wait and see. So I think she's the best horse on ratings. She's got the best figures against her. She's won down the straight for four. She's literally never missed the trifecta in her entire career. And she's just bulletproof. And honestly, I've taken a really good price about her to win the Manicato. Whether or not she goes there, who knows? But that's my little futures tip uh, for her. So now I guess we will go into a Friday. I'm just going to have a look at Friday for everyone and see if there's anything. So there's actually a really, really good race going around on Friday at uh, Coffs Harbour. So... Excuse me. Uh, there's a big dance qualifier. So big dance is that race that's going to be run on Melbourne Cup Day worth, I forget the actual prize money, but it's over a million dollars. So essentially, it's PVL or Peter Volandis saying, I want to compete with the Melbourne Cup. So any horse in this race that goes on to win it um, will get an eligible, uh, essentially be um, eligible for that race and gets an automatic entry. Now, you'll go through and look at some of the horses in this race. We've got um, Stonecoat, who's backing up from running behind Tazaral last start. Stays at the mile, which is probably a good thing. So it's got the fitness. Uh, King of the Castle, same thing. Took Tazaral to the line, which is a really good thing. Hosier, which is interesting. I think he's more going to be a soft track horse or a heavy track horse. I thought he was good behind Barbie's Fox in that, in that um, the winter challenge. And then you've got a tractable who's there. Um, Andrew Gibbons is on. Was decent behind Bold Mac. Um, and Mark Schnell and King of the Castle in the race before. The horse I actually don't mind, though, is Steely. I think the horse is really good behind Barbie's Fox. Uh, Andrew Atkins has got a good association with the horse. He actually has ridden it for a lot of its starts. Um, I think the horse is ready to peak in this run, and I think around the $10 mark, I think it's a really, really good each-way play, maybe a one-by-three play for the place. So there's your little Friday fill-up, and I hope everyone enjoyed this brief 20-minute preview for um, the weekend's racing and um, I hope to have everyone back next week so we can chat some sport. Anyways, have a good uh, weekend to everyone and good luck on the punt.